Welcome back to another episode of Adventure Fit Radio, where we put the fit in Adventure Fit. Ah, oh, that absolutely sucked. Anyway, all right. Guys, this week on the show, we have uh, Barry McDonough. Now, the first thing I have to say about Barry McDonough is that uh, he completely changed my life. So he is the author of The Dare Response, or Dare, which is a new approach to ending anxiety, and it was fantastic. It was... Uh, I read it just at the right time when I was going through the worst of uh, the worst of it all, and uh, like I said, it completely changed my life. It's um, it's a fantastic read, even for someone that doesn't have the doesn't have the disorder. Um, just to learn about what panic attacks are, what OCD is, what things you may not have heard, uh, like derealization, depersonalization, as well as just the general anxiety disorder, because we all have anxiety, but it is an issue when it becomes a disorder, and that's um that's what the book teaches you about and teaches you how to get out of. Now, I must say that uh, this probably is my favorite show. The only annoying thing is that my fucking mic just kept going in and out. So what you'll probably hear is just my voice being really, really loud and then being really, 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 really soft or going in and out like I'm echoing. But you'll still be able to understand everything I'm saying. Uh, could, may or may not be the best tribute of, uh, of all time, of all of our 100 shows, but uh, I'll leave that for you guys to decide. Guys, we are sponsored by... Uh, I'm going to start off with Audible. So Audible, guys, as you all know by now by listening to the show, is an online audiobook uh, library, basically. And that's where I get uh, that's where I get all my books from. I still read um, read some of my books, but the ones I just want to get through, um, I, I uh, like my self development books and all that sort of thing. I, uh, I jump onto Audible. So right now I'm just finished off pitch. I'm reading a couple of writing uh, books just to get my publishing. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? What is the word I'm looking for here? Getting all my publishing stuff sorted. I just went with stuff. And uh, and uh, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it, guys. So if you want to get more knowledgeable whilst you're on the go and can't open a book physically, then head to www.audibletrial.com forward slash radio and you will get a free monthly credit when you sign up. And it's only $14.50 roughly from memory. Um every month and uh, and you get a free credit whenever you do it so it's fantastic stuff guys we are also sponsored by quash creative which is an elwood base here in melbourne freelance design firm run by one of our friends sean marsh so shawnee's marsh shawnee's marsh shawnee's aim is to solve business challenges with creative solutions whether that solution is a new website logo or marketing strategy if you come to him with a problem he'll work it out in the most effective way and he'll and he'll and he'll solve it as well so uh, it's pretty solid, guys. Uh, if you mention Adventure Fit Radio to Sean by jumping on his website, he will give you a free basic SEO report on your website or feedback on your existing project. So head to www.quashcreative.com there, Adventure Fitters. And finally, guys, as always, we are sponsored by Adventure Fit Travel. Barley trips all set to go. That's going to be fun with Carpaioli. We've got another trip coming up uh, in Katao with Thailand. Thailand with Dimitri, 100% clock off. Dimitri clock off. So guys, keep your tickets on there. Keep up to date with everything. Uh, Adventure Fit Travel, Adventure Fit Radio, Adventure Fit TV, which I don't want to say is going to be launched, but it will be launched uh, very shortly. And uh, yeah, keep up to date with us, guys. Here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo, 
Guys, welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. All we right, are guys. here with uh, <laughs> Barry McDonough, the author of uh, Dare. And uh, before we throw to uh, to Barry uh, and introduce what Dare is, it's actually uh, something that me and Tommy have both gone through and really thought very highly of. But before we do, obviously, as always, we're <laughs> going to go to Tommy's tribute. All righty, welcome aboard, uh, Mr. McDonough. Um, I have covered a Green Day song, so we'll uh, we'll see how we go, mate. Again, this is completely unrehearsed and most likely shit house, but we'll see how we go. All right. One, two, three, four. I see you right up in my head. You piss me off and I don't know how to get you out. Anxious thoughts Swimming round in my head There's a guy who knows how to get it out of there And his name is Barry This is something that must be treated Like a call to action in your mind Well you know it, there's a way out No need to manage the shit because Barry McDonough is here Anybody else And you just have to read a book So me Dare help me out a lot No I don't have those thoughts It's a genuine game changer And I'm sexy Now I'm sexy And I get All the girls so if it wasn't for bass, I'd still be getting with bins. They're zero out of tens. This is something that must be treated like a call to action in your mind. Well, you know it and there's a way out. No need to manage the shit because Barry McDonough is here to help. You just need to read his book. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Hey, best intro oh. to a podcast ever. <laughs> I lost it on that one, Tommy. That was but that's uh, got Bohemian Rhapsody by about three minutes, but that was fucking yeah. great. Yeah, that was probably about fourteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Oh wow. That was wow. Uh, that was energized. What an absolute classic. That was huge. That was huge. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> Jeez, you got right into it too. Oh, if you could have seen him, you could have seen him, Barry. Mate. He was jumping up and down the couch. I'm up and down. Fingers are bleeding. Oh, fingers are bleeding. My pants sweating. are off. I'm sweating. I'm sweating horrendously. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> right. right. need to run towards a fear. Trigger, 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 oh, trigger, wow. trigger. Oh, shit. Oh, that was, you that cannot was, beat that. What an intro. <laughs> yeah. That was an absolute yep. ripper. Um, Bang. Bang. <laughs> Barry. Barry, what, welcome Loved to the it. show. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? <laughs> 
thanks for having me. Thank um, you, man. I think it, it's all there. It's all in the song. Yeah. <laughs> this is song, <laughs> Who needs the book? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> dare. Anxious. Th- yeah, brilliant. Loved it. Um, so I help people who suffer from anxiety, panic mm. attacks. Um, I kind of I kind of describe it like I work in the A and E of anxiety. So it's more the extreme end. It's not just your average everyday stress and anxiety that people talk about. It's that more extreme stuff, the anxiety disorders, you know, all that good stuff, generalized anxiety, panic attacks, social anxiety. And um, that's what I do. The latest book is Dare. And you guys have read it, which is great. Love yeah. to hear that. Yep, absolutely. Tommy, Tommy put me onto it. Um, when I, I've been through a bunch of, um, I suffer from social anxiety or have a, a lot in the past. I'm going really good now. Um, Tommy, been through a bunch of different stuff anxiety wise, but yeah, he put me onto, uh, onto the book and I got a lot out of it. Tommy, you've, you've read it and listened to it and read it again, haven't you? Anyway? I have actually read it 10 times. <laughs> and that is no joke, Barrett. I absolutely love it. It, it was the. It was the be- it's the best anxiety book that I ever came across, and it completely changed my mind to it. So, kudos to you, my friend. Oh yeah. So I'm curious, Tommy, what yeah. what was your issue with anxiety? So, so I had um, I had severe. So actually, I had a lot of underlying anxiety my whole life, and I was ignorant in that fact because I just I didn't understand it. Um, and then I had a, a very big mushroom experience, uh, so a psychedelic drug experience, and um, it sent me off my absolute rocket. Had a lot of stuff coming out. Basically, I developed um, pretty severe OCD. So I, um, the the fear from that was basically it could all be brought back down to a um, a fear of being out of control. Um, but I feared the. Um, I thought that I was going to go to hell. And despite the fact that I wasn't overly religious, I was brought up in a Catholic family. But um, something must have just creeped through the cracks, and I uh, I thought I was going to go to hell and suffer for eternity. And the the compulsion was um, that I had to pick up five bits of rubbish every day. don't know why it was five, but um, it's just something that sort of progressed and I had to pick up five bits of rubbish every day um, to prove to God that I was a good Samaritan and I also had to scope out litterers in my area. I don't know why that came about, but it was if I didn't do it, I, I got super anxious. Um, I also had OCD with my training and then I developed Puro. So um, mm. I developed Puro... Um, from from thoughts about sexuality, which is a really weird one. This is the first time I've actually spoken about this on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I developed sort of like fears about sexuality, which is which is very strange because obviously it wouldn't matter. But um, it was these weird ones. I, I visualized myself like having intercourse and stuff with um, with direct family members and like and like weird weird things like that. That just freaked me out. Um, yeah. And it, it just got to a stage of where I was almost hallucinating like I just I felt so anxious that I didn't really know if I was just so anxious that I wasn't really living in reality it just got really insane yeah that's cool because it's cool you share that because you're talking about the stuff a lot of people don't want to talk about you know that those intrusive thoughts where whether whether it's about uh, sexuality or religion or anything that feels a bit taboo and um takes a while usually for people to kind of open up about that side of it. And then the other side as well, the depersonalization, that sense of feeling unreal. Mm. That's something a lot of people don't talk about as well in these kind of anxiety circles. So yeah, yeah. it's great to share that. And the way it kicked off for me was kind of similar in that, well, it was drink related. So I was, um, it was exhaustion. I was out partying, drinking too much. And then I just had this really big, bad panic attack and I had no idea what it was. Came out of the blue. 
And um, that just, that was the beginning of me spiraling down into this anxious contraction. And I stayed there for probably, you know, a solid year and a half of constant anxiety. And I, I had the, I had pretty much everything people describe when they suffer from anxiety. So it was everything from panic attacks to general anxiety to those intrusive thoughts that you talk about, you know, it's all, it's all part of the package. Yeah, and I just, it, it's, it's a funny one because I mean, I kind of look at it in two ways now. I mean, I'm, I'm completely anxiety-free um, and I, the happiest I've ever been, um, even before when I didn't have anxiety. And I, it's funny, like, even just talking about it now, I always, when I was going through it, I always wish I could go back to the way things were. But obviously now that I'm out of it, I'm I'm so much happier, I wouldn't want to go back then. <laughs> but yeah, 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 it's a funny one. Panic, panic attacks were, were probably the big thing for me. Like, I, I always had this this constant sort of state of anxiety, but I always feared this imminent panic attack. And obviously the more I feared it, or more I feared the fear, um, the more panic attacks came on. So it was, uh, Bill and I talk about this stuff a lot because um, it's it's pretty prevalent, it's been pretty prevalent in both of our lives. And we both feel strongly about the fact that, you know, as anxiety is an emotion, or what I've come to understand from reading your books and the likes, that because it's an emotion, um, everyone has it to some extent it's funny that it's therefore such a taboo topic to really talk about yeah it has improved in the last i think five to ten years and i think that's because celebrities have really opened up about it which is you know it's really great they do that because it just gets the topic out there so you have celebrities talking about depression and anxiety but when i started in i wrote panic away in 2001 and it was still quite difficult to get the message out still quite taboo but particularly in the last five years people are so much more open about talking about it. I think it's probably this new generation coming through as well who are kind of pushing it. And um, But they're also suffering from anxiety in a, in a kind of a different way as well. I think technology is causing a lot of the problems. There's more isolation. You know, people just aren't connecting or relating maybe as they did before. So, um, and the technology piece is interesting because it's through technology that I was able to get this message out there. You know, I self-published the first book, Panic Away. I would I would never have got that published, you know, by a traditional publisher. And then I I created my audience or, you know, brought people in online. So, you know, the way I connect with people all around the world is is through the internet. So it it, it is it's empowering it's a very empowering tool as well. You know, so it's got these pluses and negatives to it. Yeah, it's a it's a real double edged sword, the the uh the old technology um wave that we're all riding right now. Obviously without the podcast and the platform that we have, we can do what we do and, and that's how the world works, I suppose. Do you, do you find, what do you find about technology that is most troubling to you, Barry? Is it, is it like uh, the social media age and the, the 15 seconds of fame on Instagram or, or um, is it that kind of highlighting, is, is it that what we're looking at for, with technology or do you think just the, the addiction to technology, having a screen in front of us all day, every day is part of it or what, where do you find that it's the most worrisome? I think it's the disconnect that happens when, you know, you've got your device with you all the time and you're just not present. So mm-hmm. you're not really engaging with what's going on around. And I, you know, I find myself, I'm 41 now and I got a phone qu- quite late when phones are coming out. Do you remember the old Nokia phones and everything else? I yeah. held off until 72 maybe. 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had a 7210 out of the, out of the press you were going around. Got me a few grade four dates. <laughs> I think it's coming. It's coming back as well. I hear there's a new yeah. one, a Nokia coming back again. Yeah, yeah. But even now, so when I'm watching TV, right, I have started putting the phone beside me because 
I, I need to, I feel like I need to be just looking at it every half hour. So if there's a lull mm. in the movie, usually around the kind of kiss scene, I'm picking the phone up, I'm looking at my Facebook feed. Mm. And I never did that before. And I think people are just, everyone is doing that now. We're just, conti- we're just continuously distracted. We're not keeping our attention in one place. We're not really going deep with stuff either. Mm. And I think, th- I think those are really a lot of the problems with technology. And then the isolation. So we're chatting more online and meeting up less and less in person. And I think a lot of the depression we see is connected to that loss of community and connection. And I mean, it sounds like what you guys, this is why I think your business sounds cool. It sounds like, you know, you're bringing people together in this fun, healthy way. And you're building community that way in the real world, yeah, mm-hmm. not, right. not virtually. Just ab- yeah. absolutely. Ironically, we are talking to you over Skype, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah well, we, you know, we've got to use these tools. That's to, true. That's true. To, for benefit, yeah. Well, it's- I was going to go with the old can and string, but uh, we just couldn't get that reach over the island. <laughs> um, I actually, uh, I took off, I deleted um, Facebook and Instagram, the apps anyway, off my phone. I don't have um, a ringtone or a vibrator or anything on my phone. I deleted most of my... Vibrator on my, your phone? My, yeah. I, um, I deleted most of my <laughs> the apps. wonders of the modern world. And I, I, um, I, it was funny, I was watching the cricket the other day, Barry, and, um, and I didn't have, and it's funny that I, I'm about to say how great it was that so for the first time, I felt like I was actually, I watched a, a few hours of a great test match of cricket and then I thought, oh my God, I'm actually watching the cricket. <laughs> I realized yeah. I was watching the cricket rather than listening to the cricket while I looked at Instagram. But then it's funny because I'm sitting on my couch staring at the yeah, TV. I, still, I, I, know. You know? I, I wasn't watching it live. Like I'm still, yeah, it's, it's, it's gone from one screen to two and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, so we all know we all know we've got a problem with it. I think the the thing is it's hard to give it up. It's so addictive. Technology is really addictive. Do you think in the future it'll be something like um like it'll be look like cigarette packets? Because obviously that's they, they talk about yeah. the the um, the endorphins that you get from the little red notification. Obviously, it's a red notification because that gives you the most rush. It's, it brings um, yeah. brings that feeling Serotonin, to you the same right? as yeah the same as like anything Drugs. else. Yeah, any drug or or I'm gambling that same kind of rush. And I feel like it might be something that we'll look back on in 25, 30 years like cigarettes. You know, everyone was on yeah. thinking cigarettes are the greatest thing since yeah. sliced bread. And I, I envision that in a few, in how, whenever the studies come out, that it can't be good for the generation of young kids like us. No way. Me, I struggle with it. Instagram was a negative impact on my life pretty much because I'd, when I was in bad states, I would look at other people's lives and think that my life sucked even more so. But I grew up with not having Instagram till I was 26 I'm 31 or 27 yeah and what about all these kids that are on Instagram since five years six years old with their mobile phones like that's the the next generation I feel like are the ones that should be worried most exactly yeah you so you guys are the millennials and um you you pretty much did grow up with it uh, the what is that generation before the millennials these new these those new kids um, Gen- escapes me now, but why uh, no, we're Generation Y. We're Generation Y, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure. I'm in, I'm, so I'm 23. So that's, what's that? So is that, yeah. that's Generation Y. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I have a daughter now and she's playing around with the iPad. I think we'll really get lots more studies when they're kind of hitting the teens and early yep. 20s about how how impacting it is on mental health. Sure. Mm. Because, you know, I mean, there are studies out showing that the more time you spend on Facebook, the more depressed you are. Yes. Yeah. And I think everyone can relate to that. You know, if you just spend too much time on there, you, you compare your life to everyone else's, yeah. everyone else living this amazing life. And, um, and, and that does, it's like flicking through those magazines, you know, yeah. everything, yeah. everything looks great except your own life. So that has an impact. It has to, because mm. you just, you know, you never see the real truth on Instagram or mm. Facebook. Mm. And, um, so, 
I, you know, it's it, we're talking about the pluses and the negatives. I've we just finished this VR project for people who suffer from driving anxiety, and we went out to Los Angeles recording like rush hour traffic, driving in, over bridges and stuck in tunnels. And the idea was that you get this immersive experience of being in your car. And how do you deal with a panic attack when you're driving? How do you deal with high anxiety? Now, that's, and we're doing it because it's obviously the future VR is, but there's that dark side to it as well, where VR is the next platform and everyone will be mm. kind of sitting at home plugged into this virtual world mm. that is going to be much better than their everyday normal lives. So it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I do worry about the direction it's going because mm. I don't think we've good self-control. So you can bring out the warnings and put those labels on things, but it just still hasn't stopped people smoking. No. People still, you know, engage in the behavior. So human, yeah, well, humans, let's, yeah. let's see. Humans what? have terrible, uh, terrible self-control. Oh, we well, have a shocking man. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's sorry um just to play devil devil's advocate here with with all that stuff you're talking about how you know we're always on social media and, and you know where there could be that move to vr and all this sort of thing if people like their lives so much more on virtual reality do you think you'll find more people just constantly plugged in and their virtual reality almost becomes their reality? Well, that's possible. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I mean that, yeah. absolutely. Well, if it goes anything off the VR that me and you watched, Tommy, at Sexpo <laughs> that day. So we, um, we walked past the VR, the VR porn booth. At Se- we had Sexpo media passes, Harry. And, um, it was man, professional, trust me. Yeah. And uh, me and Tommy Research. Donned, yeah, yeah, right. donned, the, donned the VR Sexpo glasses and... Um, and yeah, if I had my chance, I wouldn't be leaving that world <laughs> forever. No, I'm, I mean, life is, life is tough. Um, as they say, it's a full contact sport. You get knocked around. Mm. Where if, if you can create this VR world where those things don't happen, of course people are going to spend mm. time there. You know, why mm, wouldn't you? Mm, mm. Um, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, I, might, but, I mean, yeah. we're not there yet. We've got, we've got, I think we've got another five, ten years out before that really kicks in. Yeah, for sure. Five or ten years. <laughs> not long. But anyway, yeah. um, hey, Barry, I'm going to bring us back on a... On a course with um to do with your book so yes. um let's actually talk about the dare response because obviously you have your own technique that you've found that has worked for you and you obviously wrote the book about it so um myself love the book tommy absolutely i swear to god he didn't bullshit anything that he said earlier that was mm. all everything that he said to me it was the greatest the greatest resource he'd found for his anxiety so why don't you tell us about how the dare response actually works and how people can apply it themselves yeah so I'll tell you why it, it's, it works is because it's different. Most of the approach for dealing with anxiety is about anxiety management. You know, it's about teaching people to relax, to do deep breathing, to do distraction exercises and to kind of just muddle your way through it. And, and the word is to manage anxiety for the rest of your life. And D.A.R.E. is based on my own personal experience of me going through my anxiety and then this peer-to-peer learning that happened with all the people I brought in and just improving the process. So um, D.A.R.E. is really about um, not fighting, not resisting, learning to sit and settle into the anxiety. And then when you can sit and settle with the anxiety to actually encourage the anxiety to get worse, to move with the anxiety, to move through it basically in a very, very purposeful way. So one of the steps in DARE is 
that third step is about um, get, telling yourself that you're excited by the ex, by the nervous arousal and in fact bringing it on. So when you're having a panic attack, you're basically saying instead of I'm 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 scared, you're saying I'm excited by this feeling and I want more of it. And that's quite a different approach than what most people get taught when they're dealing with panic and anxiety. So it's called paradoxical intention, bringing on the thing that you don't want to happen. But by bringing it on, you actually shatter this illusion of threat that the anxiety is creating. So if a panic attack is a false alarm, bringing it on is this ability to turn that alarm off very quickly and to reduce the the adrenaline that's been released. And um, it takes courage, of course, to do something like this. But when you do it with attitude, when you do it with emotion, you can really get yourself out of a panic disorder quite quickly and you just stop mm. fearing fear, mm. which is the, the core issue of panic attacks, the fear of fear. And um, people find it really, really effective. Um, it's a simple approach. Dare has got four steps. Diffuse, allow, run towards and engage. I explain it very simply in the book. I don't use any jargon. It's all very, it's all very relatable, but it's not easy to do. At the same time, as I say, it takes courage and it takes work. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't position dare as a quick fix. It's really a solution for people who are willing to step up and, um, you know, roll up their sleeves and, and do the exercises. And Tommy, have you personally like say, for example, yep. I have a, I have one go to that my psychologist has given me that's similar to the um, run towards yep. in dare that's step three, which is. So I have I have one sentence that I am supposed to repeat to myself when I'm getting anxious, and it is "You're making me anxious because you are louder and funnier than me." That means I'm not the cool guy, and people will know I'm a phony. That means I'll end up alone. Yeah. So that's my mantra that I yeah. have to repeat because that's everything that came from my subconscious, basically. Yes. When I am at my most anxious, that I worked out with my psychologist. So that's kind of me trying to shatter that. Mm-hmm sentence because it sounds so stupid when I repeat it over and over and over. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the same. Have you used like Absolutely. the dare response and like when you've had actual Well I know you've been going pretty good lately. Yeah, you no, don't so get the thing the thing that I used dare actually for was for my H O C D, so my um, homosexual obsessive compulsive disorder, which is actually an offset of O C D in itself. And I would say to, so that could honestly, to be completely Honest, it convinced me that I wanted to have sex with my dad and my best friend. That's what it was. It was right. completely fucked. Yeah. And um, what I would say to myself when I was seriously panicking and having all these uh, scary sort of visual thoughts and ideas, I would say, um, if you really want to do it, go and ask dad. Mm. And when I would always say that to myself, it kind of rationalized it. Mm. And then I also had my my thing with, um, with burning in hell for eternity. And that was... Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, if you're going to burn in hell, it was something along these lines. It was, if you're going to burn in hell, all your mates will be there with you. Because I would, I thought, I anxiously thought that by swearing a lot and, and doing things that are just who I am, God will look down on people, which is weird because I'm not even overly religious. Mm. But it was that thing of like, okay, well, at least you'll be down there with all your friends because they're mm. no better or worse than you. Mm. But now, what I, what I love so much about Dare, um, Barry, is the how you can apply it even when you're not anxious. So I, I'm someone that's not anxious anymore. And I, I never thought I'd be one to say that, but I'm just not. If I, if, if I could go on a scale of zero to 10 in terms of my anxiety level, even at its worst, it'd be a three. At its mm. very worst. Mm. And um, what I do now is that DARE gives you such a good understanding of what anxiety is, but also how to identify, even when you're not panicking, 
Mm. Like even the, those little what if moments. Yeah. And you, you just become so in tune with your, your anxious mind. And I use dare, I run towards all fear that I have mm. because I want to constantly be fearless. Cut it off early. Cut it off early. Mm. So it's not even when I'm getting a panic attack anymore. It, I mean, because I haven't had one in a long time. But it'll, you know, we've all got little fears of like public speaking or talking to cute girls or doing whatever. And it's just kind of like, if I can see, if I can almost prepare for that anxiety to come on straight away, I know exactly how to do it and how to combat it by running towards it and getting excited by it. Because I know that by running towards it, I'm about to better myself. I'm about to self-improve because I'm constantly reaffirming this notion that I'm completely fearless. Mm. And that's what I think DARE does. Mm. And, you know, the the thing about DARE as well is that it's, and people sometimes scratch their head when I say this, but it's actually not about getting rid of your anxiety, at least not initially. It's about you getting comfortable with the discomfort. Mm. And when you get comfortable with all that discomfort, whether it's anxious, intrusive thoughts or physical sensations, mm. and when you bring in humor and you strip away the fear from it, you're just left with arousal. Mm. And with that arousal then, with that nervous arousal, you can actually use the energy to your benefit. The same way you get jittery when you drink too much coffee, you mm. can kind of get excited by the nervous arousal and put it into something, put it into your work or put it into the conversation you're having, just express it out. Because mm. when you strip fear mm. from sensations, you're just left with sensations. Mm. And then eventually that winds down. So you're, you're not getting those extreme sensations anymore. And you're down to a three or a four, just kind of normal everyday stress and anxiety that people experience. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and with the, you know, the intrusive thoughts you're talking about there, it's, it, you're, you're, you're doing it exactly right. You're just, you're, you're being, you're moving with it. You're mm. making light of it. You're not letting it upset you. What gets, what gets people really caught is they have a thought like that, a sexual thought mm. about family member, and they get so upset and scared that they could even think such a thing mm. that that contracts them even more and they get more and more anxious. And it's that vicious, vicious cycle. Whereas if you have that same thought and you just go, this is just content, it's like flicking through the stations on a TV. You go, wow, that was a bit weird. Yeah. And you make light of it and move on. It just has no impact. And then... And then you're back to just living normal life, everyday life. But we all, the interesting thing is we all have some level of these intrusive thoughts. And I think everyone experiences them at some stage. It's just that if you get anxious about them and you get, and you kind of grapple onto them, they just expand and get worse and worse. A bit like trying to push this beach ball down in the water. If you keep pushing it down, it keeps popping up up on your face. And, um, and it's very much like that with thoughts that you don't want to have. So yeah, you're doing it exactly right. Well, see, know, moving was, with it. Yeah, there was there were two really good points that I, I loved in in the dare response when I read it for the first time, and it was number one that that holding resistance to your thoughts, and uh, I think you you made note of it. You said something like, you know, we sort of have, or humans tend to have sort of fifty thousand thoughts um, a day, and yet you can be anxious over one of those thoughts because it just seems to go against all your values and your morals, and so you start building up and building it up, and next thing you know. This, this cloud in the sky has just become so heavy with rain, it's very hard not to, and, to see. Anxiety is sneaky that way. It goes for where you're most vulnerable. Mm. So it, it'll try and find your weak point, you know, which is, oh my God, having a thought about having sex with such, so-and-so person. Mm. And then it's like, nothing shocks me, nothing shocks me, oh my God, that shocks me. Yes. So it found your weak point and then it latches on there. And if you feed it, if you get more and more, you know, you get more and more scared by that idea, then it's caught you, you know, whereas if you learn to, if you release it through 
these exercises, it just floats on again and it's just content. It's nothing to do with you or your personality. It's just random content. And the, there's, a, there's a great um, analogy you make, which is um, the, when you're talking about physical sensations and um, you know, people often talk about anxiety in terms of the, the adrenaline feeling or the, or the racing heart or the sweaty palms and all this sort of stuff. And if you just take away the worrying thoughts that you can just look at them as just physical sensations. And that's no different to, to laughing hysterically at a joke and getting that pain in your stomach. And that was a great line in the book because it's just, if you think about, if you don't attach any emotion to that pain in your stomach, that's not, that's not a good thing. You don't want that pain in your stomach. But because happiness and laughter is associated with that, you see it positively. And then why can't you, yeah. why can't you detach the anxiety as an emotion away from all those physical sensations? And that just... When I, when I started doing that, it just, again, just abated the symptoms and abated the symptoms and just making sense of the whole thing, really, you know? I'm going to yeah. read it again. I'm, I'm, this is getting me pumped. Mate, I'm getting it on, it getting it on audio book such style. a good book, seriously. And, uh, or even maybe, Barry, if you could just read me like a chapter yeah. at night before, mate, before bed, maybe. He's got, he's got such a soothing <laughs> voice. Will you do it live? Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I used to get sexual thoughts about my dad. I'm not anxious anymore. I'm getting sexual thoughts about you, Barry. <laughs> I like a man named Barry, too. I like a man always, named Barry. You always know what a man named Barry's <laughs> table right. is. Well, funnily enough, my middle name is Barry, so uh, this could be a thing. <laughs> That's funny. That's you could do a song about that. I know, I absolutely would. Sexual thoughts about Barry. Hey, we've got um, we've got an album prepared, mate. <laughs> we've got, we've got an album prepared. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so um, so it's yeah. I, like I, what's great about this work is that it's um, you give people back a sense of freedom and comfort in their own skin again that they, maybe they lost for months, years. I mean, there's a lot of people I work with who are 20, 30 plus years in this vicious cycle. And all they needed was simple guidance, simple information that they could then implement. And it's it's just about releasing, releasing this fear of fear and, and changing your response because there's a, there's, most people have an automatic response to resist and fight and be frustrated by their anxiety. But you can train yourself to have this new, open, accepting response to the anxiety. And that is what makes all the difference. And, you know, it's incredible to see people lighten up, you know, when you, for example, just the way you're talking about intrusive thoughts there, people will be listening to this going, oh, my God, I've never heard anyone open up and talk about it like in that way. Yeah. I feel lighter because of it. And all of that creates that kind of sense of movement and lightness again. So a lot of the dare work is about bringing lightness and humor into what is a very heavy and serious topic or what people feel is a very heavy and serious topic. Well, that's, that's the biggest thing of what I want to do now because um, as I, I remember um, we were emailing before about how I wanted to sort of get, like because I'm writing a book and I wanted to get that out with all the stuff we're talking about. And um, I, I never thought I could tell anyone about the fact that as a straight male, I was having thoughts about my best friend because it just freaked me out. I, didn't, I thought I was going insane. But to now... Um, to be be saying that um, to thousands of people, <laughs> I, uh, I really feel like I've accepted it and that's as a result of your work. But I, um, I wrote a little thing in the book that um, by, by constantly talking about it, it's become one of my greatest passions because I'm just, again, reaffirming that I no longer have a fear of it. And I think if more people can can shed light on their own anxiety, we can, we can get rid of the term anxiety and just talk about like worry as though mm. worry is just a, another thing mm. we all go through, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's great personal development that happens when you're, 
when you're moving through or working with a thing like this. Now, I don't say that to people initially because when they're in the throes of it, you don't want to hear that, yeah. you know, this is going to be great and there's a silver lining to all this because yes. they just want a solution. But as you're coming out and you're out the other side, you can look back and see, wow, well, that really forced me to look at the way I think, look at the way I, I'm living my life, like in terms of changing health habits. Um, but it really gives you this... Um, you see, most people never get challenged in an inner way that anxiety does. It's like this internal breach of your walls, whereas most people's anxiety is external. It's their careers, their relationship. It's something out there stressing them, whereas an anxiety disorder like those intrusive thoughts or panic attacks or any any form of, of the anxiety disorders are this internal problem that you're having, this internal civil war. And that does force you to look inwards and, and change your patterns. So it does kind of force you on this... Um, you know, boot camp style, accelerated personal growth, um, as long as you get the right information. Because as I say, people can get stuck with anxiety and they don't make any progress because they're always in a state of resistance and they're always fearing the anxiety and the sensations. The worst thing for mine is I I have um, a history of mental health in my family through um, my mother's side, um, some OCD, um, suicides, so on and so forth. And I had a discussion with my grandmother about um, my stuff that I'd been through and she just talked about how lucky I was that I was born in this day and age. Obviously, like me and Tommy, again, we're having this conversation. uh, Very often on the podcast, we talk about it, so on and so forth. And my grandpa didn't get that chance because he was a strong um the uh, tough guy but yeah he was he was, a, yeah. he was like the the foot captain of the football side yeah, yeah. and the this and that and there was just no way that he could open up about these things he was just too stubborn he never would but i still feel like there's so much of that in society right so now like why why barry like why is none of this taught in school that's yeah. the thing that i think is so absolutely dumbfounding is there's the most important thing in the yeah. world is what's Happiness. going on inside your head. Yeah. Like your body, yeah. obviously, you have to have your body, you keep your body alive. But if even if your body's 100%, your head's fucked, yeah. you, you, you're done. It's <laughs> the most important thing. 100%. And, and it's the most, it's the least talked about thing. You know, we talk about religion and social, social, um, social issues and, yeah. and we Politics. don't talk about mental health ever. Uh, I no. just think it's the craziest thing. It's got to change at some point. But uh, do you ever it's, see it? Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, mental health, I see mindfulness stuff coming into schools, which is great. So mm. they're doing kind of mindfulness sessions with kids. I awesome. think it is changing slowly. Um, but like we never get taught about relationships, like mm. f- finding and keeping a relationship. Like one of the key things in life, you yeah. hear nothing about it. There's a little bit on sex education, but not a lot. I don't even know what a penis but, um, is. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the internet again is, has been great for this because you just go home and you Google, you know, you know, whatever symptoms you're having and bump stuff comes up. Um, when I was dealing with my anxiety, there was no internet. That was 93, 4. So it just really wasn't around then um, in any big way. So I was kind of just searching for answers in books. But, you know, interestingly enough, it was an Australian woman who kind of really pioneered this different approach to anxiety, Dr. Claire Weeks. And she studied in Sydney and she wrote in the 50s and 60s about this different approach of dealing with anxiety. And she suffered from anxiety herself. And uh, she talked about how you need to float. That was her expression. You need to float with the anxious feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, again, going to this idea of movement, not resisting it, not fighting it. And her work in the 50s and 60s was pioneering. And it was it really helped so many women, particularly were reading her books who thought they were having nervous breakdowns or they used to call it problems with your nerves, you know, that kind of thing. You know, she's taken to bed because she's got a problem with her nerves. 
But um, that helped a lot of people because there was nothing like that. Um, we are fortunate to live in a time now where you can just Google this stuff and watch YouTube videos and yeah. you know, download apps. It's great. Yeah, it is better. For sure, it is better. I just think, I mean, for me, I don't know what's coming through the new school system in this day and age but it just seems like it's, there's not enough still I, I just think it, it definitely definitely and like my grandmother said definitely it's it's definitely yeah. a lot better than it ever was yeah um, but still like there's obviously such a ways to go hey um, Barry we know we've got to get you out of here um, relatively sharpish today um, so we do have six from six to finish off which would be pretty uh, yeah. pretty rapid fire that but, sounds fun but what about um, like what's next for you on the horizon what are you working on at the moment or are you taking some time to, uh, yeah what's, um, what's next for Barry McDonough well definitely exploring the VR stuff I think that's really interesting to give that immersive experience so if you've got someone who can't mm. leave their home and giving them the ability to get onto an airplane in VR or get in a car or do a, do a TED talk you know do a public speaking um, from the comfort of your home, that will really help people to take the next step. Yeah, now, it's not going to cure your anxiety, yeah. but it'll get you out there practicing. Yes. And it'll, it'll wire your brain to have that right response so that when you're giving a talk and you're feeling that nervousness, that you will change it into excitement instead of fear. Um, when you're on the airplane, you'll understand you know, you, how to respond to the turbulence, all that stuff. I think that'll be really cool. And That's we know it's all coming. Actually. That's incredible. I've never thought about anything like that with VR. So now that you um, yeah, someone with agoraphobia, just getting the, the headset on and just so sort of fear of leaving the house. Like, yeah. You know, putting the headset on and being like in, the, yeah. in New York or something. Yeah, it's like the first step. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And, and the social awesome. anxiety, being at being at a party, yes. all that mm. kind of stuff. Yes. There's, mm-hmm. there's great application there because yeah. it does. You know, our brain is is can be. You know, you think of a lemon you know you just imagine eating a lemon and your mouth starts to water so you can really trick your brain that way yeah, and mm-hmm. vr can have that effect you can really trick it to believe that it is in that situation and that's when you know the learning will happen but of course you have to go out into the real world as well and absolutely, do it. absolutely but wow. um yeah that's that's probably what i'm most excited about right now wow that's awesome that's, really that's a whole other podcast in itself oh, to be honest oh, i think this is going to be the start of a beautiful friend <laughs> <laughs> cool. and i want another song oh, i'm gonna give you another song my friend <laughs> <laughs> um barry in his undies <laughs> i actually thought you were gonna say i think this could be the start of a very fruitful three-way <laughs> male on male barry on barry on billy but um no but um okay no so 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 anyway, let's get back on track. So six from six. Um, six from six. Barry, I'll, yes. I've got three questions to start us off. So my first question to you is... And I've no idea. I haven't heard your podcast, so I have no idea. What's oh, going on. nice. On, well, uh, and that'll be, uh, that'll be it from Barry. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Keep it great, Trigger, trigger. I'm downloading them all now. That's yeah. right. Come on. Right. Um, okay, first, first question is, um, what is your favorite travel destination on the planet, somewhere that you've been that you just uh, number one on your list? I think it's, well, I go there all the time. My wife's Brazilian. Brazil is just great, great uh, weather, food, people, everything, beaches. I think it's always back to Brazil. Awesome. What, what's your favorite uh, part of Brazil? Um, Rio. The and best. then up the north, um, Fortaleza and anywhere up the north in Bahia. Awesome. Beautiful. Rio and Brazil is my favorite city and favorite country. It's it's the it's yeah. the oh, really? yeah yeah, I, yeah I've, been, I've been around and I could not agree more, to be honest. I absolutely love it. It's the best. So my next question is um, your dream destination. So somewhere that you haven't been that's number one on your bucket list. Bora Bora. Bora I hear Bora. amazing things about it. Mm. So um, someone told me years ago it was just stunning. 
I'd love to go. Yep. Stunning from the photos that I've seen. And lastly from me, do you have any books that you like to recommend to people? Uh, they can be any sort of book. They can be a novel. They can be a self-help book. It can be a audio, autobiography. Yeah, I, t- I don't read much fiction, but uh, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl, was, right. had a big impact on my life. It's, a, it's quite a harrowing first p- part of the book. It's, it's his story in the concentration camps, Nazi Germany. And then, but how, how you, how, when you find meaning in your life, you can transform any situation. And it's about how those who survived the camps were generally the ones who found purpose and meaning in the experience and who did mentally very well afterwards as well. So there's a lot of interesting research about how it's not what you experience, it's how you respond to what you've experienced yes. that matters, yeah. whether you develop post-traumatic stress or not. So that's, that's a great book, Man's Search for Meaning. Absolutely. Tommy. Hey, uh, Barry, let's, uh, let's have a chat about someone inspiring your life. Who's someone you, you look up to or looked up to as a kid? Um, it's, it's going to be another Irish man, Bono. I've always been ah, inspired look. by Bono's work because of... Um, just the philanthropic stuff that he does. Mm. I think he's, he's, his heart is in the right place with it. I like the music. So I've always been inspired by him, you know, trying to do more with his celebrity. Beautiful. Favorite U2 song? Favorite U2 song? It's, it's got to be one as well. Although I like um, Every Breaking Wave from the new album. But going back to the classic one, one, when I hear someone break, plays it on the guitar at a party, we had a party here last Saturday and someone played it and it just brings you right back mm. to, you know, when I was a teenager at the time. It's great memories. I've, uh, I think I've got to play it for you next time, mate. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, what do you like to do when you've got some downtime? Downtime has changed now. It used to be drinking and having fun and all that stuff. And now I just, uh, I don't do that anymore. So not it's drinking, out hiking, it's out, <laughs> out in nature. Oh, you know, get, every time I get it in nature, it feels good. And I'm like, I should be doing this more. I should be doing oh, this yeah. more. But just walking, fresh air, that's, that's probably the best downtime. And I find it great for business. I find great to step away from the laptop. You get your best ideas, most inspiration. But uh, we feel sure. chained to the laptop. And, to, you know, we think that's productive work. Whereas I think the really good stuff happens when you give yourself permission to be out and just kind of freewheeling with your thoughts. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I thought you were going to say freeballing for a second. There. I, I at, <laughs> you were hoping. When you're freeballing, of course. Mate, the last uh, 10 right. minutes of this show has been horrendous. And finally, if you could invite three people, dead or alive, to dinner, who would they be and why? Wow. Okay. So that's a hard one. Dead or alive. So I'm going to include Bono in that one. That's one. Excellent. I would bring Dr. Claire Weeks, uh, who wrote that book, Hope and Help for Your Nerves, the Australian doctor, because she really did pioneer this whole approach. And um, I think I'd love to hear her experience of it. She passed away a while back. Um, I think that would be fascinating. And then one other person would be Billy Connolly, because I love his humor. I just love his, uh, I was at his show, he's suffering from Parkinson's disease at the oh, moment, right. but he did a show there in Dublin and he's still as funny as ever, even though he's struggling physically on stage, you know, he's, he's shaking a lot, but it's so inspiring to see someone so funny, you know, still continue to do the work. Um, so it would be, it'd be him. Well, that's a bloke right there that's gone through anxiety and depression, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely the depression. Um, uh, I know he had a real tough childhood. I remember reading his book and it was quite, it was quite harrowing the stuff he went through, but uh, I just find him hilarious. Yeah. yeah, Fantastic. Oh, well, that's, that's awesome, Barry. It's um, so good to hear your voice live, like I said at the start of the show. Finally, um, 
anywhere people can find you. Let's let's list all of your social media so that people hearing this can can um, get into contact and, and read your stuff. Yeah, so if you YouTube, if you Google Barry McDonough, it'll pop up. Or if you want to go to the website, dareresponse.com. That's D-A-R-E-R-E-S-P-O-N-S-E.com. Um, and then if you just put me into Facebook, Barry McDonough, M-C-D-O-N-A-G-H, you'll find me there as well. So any of those places, you get, you'll come across the content. And, you know, we've built up this huge online community on Facebook where people people go in and just motivate each other. And it's really important because on a lot of anxiety groups, you find people just talk about their anxiety, whereas we've one group where you're only allowed to talk about success stories and moving forward. And you go out and you take photos, you know, when you're up the top of a building or in an airplane, you take the photo and you send it to the group and it inspires people, you know, and it's light and it's humorous. And it's, it's the way I wanted, it's the group I wanted to have when I was dealing with my anxiety. So you'll find that on Facebook as well. If you search there, um, you'll, you'll come up, come across the different groups. I think awesome. that's the biggest thing for me. When I stopped talking about how shit it was and started talking about how I was going to make it better, that's what fast tracked my recovery as well. Um, so that that's that's great. Thanks thanks so much for coming on board, Barry. Thank you, guys. Can we have the guitar one last time? Uh, Can we finish on a tune? I'll, uh, I'll do a little one. I'll do, I'll do an improvised yeah. one. <laughs> go on. All right, here we go. So this is. Uh, oh, what can I do here? Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. <clears throat> There's a lady who showed all that glitters is gold. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. We'll leave the rest all later. <laughs> Loved it. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. I tried to get Guys, him to go this with was the, so dareway, much fun. the dareway to heaven, but he didn't, he didn't grab it. Oh, yeah. I gave him the hand. I said, dareway to heaven. Dareway to heaven, heaven bro. It's perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess I won't be penning any songs for uh, Tia Hearn in the, in the near future. <laughs> and he's gone. A funny fuck. <laughs> 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 all right, Barry. Legend. Good. The guys, thanks a million. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, my man. Talk soon. Talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. That's a wrap. All righty, gang. I hope you loved that show. Like I said in the show, um, it was one of the first times I spoke about that stuff specifically, and uh, I'm so happy um, to talk about it. I think it's great. I think we should all be open and talk and, and open to talking about that sort of thing. So, uh, guys, if you have any questions, um, firstly, you can email me directly at tom at adventurefittravel.com, and I'll, I'll always respond. If you want us to keep producing rad shows like we just did, then uh, in case I'm just getting around myself there, head to www.adventurefittravel.com, excuse me, and you can join the mailing list there, guys. You can get 10% off all merch when you do, and you can look up all the stuff, radio, all the stuff, travel. That is one of our sponsors, guys, adventurefittravel.com. We do have a Kotow in Thailand trip coming up, so get your tickets there, guys. We are, oh, I, I would like to mention just quickly, please leave us a rating and review. We had a really bizarre but awesome review before um, from someone called I Choo 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 Choose this podcast, clearly a Simpsons fan. And uh, apparently our, uh, our, our podcasting is very informative. So she or he learned what the Hamal was, which is uh, obviously very good. I'm, I'm happy. I can't believe she already didn't know what the Hamal was, but clearly, uh, no, I won't say that joke. That's um, pretty offensive. Anyway www.audibletrial.com is your next one you have to get to, guys. If you want to get some knowledge on the go, head to that. 
forward slash radio. That is your um, that is your voucher or or, or special discount name, and uh, you'll get a free credit when you subscribe. And then finally, guys, Quash Creative. Head to www.quashcreative.com where you will get a free basic SEO report on your website or feedback on your existing brand from the one, the only, Sean Marsh. Until next week, goodbye.